Amen. We're not going to do that this morning. We're going to jump into the Word of God. The Word of God is what sustains us. It's how we connect inward. It's actually how we connect outward and, of course, upward. And so this morning in your Bibles, I'll ask you to open them up to Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Here's the thing. The reason why we're starting here is because this is a key scripture. This is what Jesus says, hey, look, if you want to, to, to come into Christ and, and do the works of God, Right? It's not through works that we're saved, but it's, it's through our faith in Christ. This is how you do it. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Isn't it great to be all together this morning? I've been telling you. Yes, amen. I've been telling you a long time, right? There is a miracle on South Bonham Street that's happening. Oh, you come to the early service, people trickle in a little bit late. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to be late this morning, right? And, and they trickle in, and what happens is, is, that, is that we say, well, is the miracle really happening? I mean, it, it, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that, that the fire marshal, if you are here this morning, just give me 40 minutes, please, maybe 30. All right? But, but this, this building was set up for about 120 people. Some of you remember back when it had, had pews, you know. Some of you remember all the way back to the building before where we, we finally ordered, ordered 60 seats, 60 chairs. They came in on a Friday, Saturday. A young man helped me until Sunday morning, 2 o'clock, put the chairs together to, to make room for others to come. And even before that, we were at the country barn, and we grew to 20. And if nothing else, we ate good. And before that, there were seven of us that met in Jack and Darla's home praying, how can we be more connected to others? How can we love our neighbor as ourselves? How can we love and show our love throughout the Texas panhandle and throughout the world? It's great to be together this morning, seeing people you haven't seen in some time. Heck, seeing people you've never known that they've even existed there is power in connection, right? I hope you relate to the video you have just seen. It's simply who we are. It's who we've become. We are Harvest Connection Church. Why the spelling? The X, it just keeps jumping out. Curtis, you not know how to spell? Uh, a, a few, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I actually saw that word. It, maybe it was in my mind's eye. Hopefully it was in my spiritual eye. And I wrote it in my journal. And then uh, about a year ago, I told Brett, I said, man, I, I've been praying over this. And I think the time has come. And I, I flipped my journal around and, and showed him connection. And Brett said, Curtis, I've had that same word spelled the same way on my heart. You see, God looks to move. The X comes from the Greek letter chi, which is the first letter of the Greek word for Christos. And that's how we connect with Christ and Christ being centered in who we are. It's central. It's central to who we are. As I said in the video, we kept harvest because it's our history, it's our heritage. We stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before. And I'm so grateful, and as we honor the past, look, God will honor our future. I'm so thankful for harvest because it has brought to Amarillo this life-giving, Christ-manifested, spirit-filled, Bible-teaching church. Amen? Amen? 
as our brother Alan says in Virginia. Amen. <laughs> By the way, Alan, would you stand? Alan our, was our speaker this weekend for men's retreat. Thank you, Alan. We love you. Harvest Amarella is location specific. I want you to think with me about that, about that for just a minute. Harvest Amarillo is location specific, but many of you this morning are from Tulia, Happy Canyon, Bushland, Claude. The list goes on. We're not just Amarillo anymore. And it, it, it wouldn't make sense to go to Yukon, Oklahoma and plant a Harvest Amarillo church. So the time has come. We are Harvest Connection and church. We have a lot more connecting to do. Our mission statement is connecting upward, connecting inward, and connecting outward to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Every time you see that logo and every time you see those arrows, it should remind you that there is a mission in front of us, that there is a target now, and we need to hit that target. To make disciples is to love the Lord your God, to connect upward with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, to connect inward, and to love your neighbor, to connect outward. And as we do this, you're going to hear this unpack over the next three or four weeks in a, in a message series. And I, I just can't hardly wait. It's hard for me not to jump forward. In Luke chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus shares a parable. And this is a powerful parable. Jesus replied, a certain man, of course, all of his parables are, are powerful. Okay, but for what we need this morning, church, all right, is a powerful, powerful parable. Watch this. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Now, look, in order to prepare a great banquet, there is a lot of work that goes into it. Some of you were on the, the, the team this week to set up for men's retreat and to tear down after men's retreat. And you were like, God, this is a lot of work. And we were like, yeah, that's why we had you come out. It's greater to serve than to be served, right? You prepared an environment. That's the church. The church provides an environment for people to encounter God. Oh, you don't believe it? What did you just experience? Worship. Worship opens our heart where God can write on it. It's our expression of our love because he first loved us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That proves his love for us. And look, Jesus has prepared a banqueting table. And he's called us to also be prepares to, to invite. And that's, it, it takes a lot of work to prepare a banquet. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Mm -hmm. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another, really, this is the best excuse of all of them. You know what's coming. I just got married, so I can't come. Okay. All right. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Let me say something about that. All of us have been the poor, the blind, the crippled, and the lame. Outside of Christ, that's who we are. 
we are crippled in our spiritual walk. There is no spiritual walk outside of Jesus. We are crippled. We are blind. We cannot see and even know our purpose. Some of you out there this morning are wondering, what is my purpose in this life? And Jesus is saying, oh, but I created you in one hope of your calling. I'm so hoping that you will say yes to me and come to my table. See, this explains all of us. In verse 22, sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still little room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads, the country lanes, and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. In this parable, it's this banquet table that was set. An environment was set. There was a roof over their heads. A meal was prepared, but those invited just couldn't find the time to come. The master was excited for his guests to come, but they all made excuses. Oh, I bought some oxen. They're good ones. They're strong. Whoo, if you just saw those oxen, you would understand. I can plow twice the amount of acres than most of my neighbors, right? They all had their reasons to disconnect instead of being connected. They were more concerned with themselves than they were of anyone else. It's a tragic story of Jesus and the Jews. Jesus is really, really making this effort to express to the Jews, look, you guys should have known the table was set. Christians, let me say this a little bit further, disciples of Jesus Christ, when the table's been set, when the banquet is ready, don't find that excuse not to be there. It was prepared for them, but it becomes a tragic story. Jesus gave us the church, a place of connection, a place of doing life together, a place of building, growing, encouraging, embracing, being discipled, and making disciples. It doesn't always look the the way we thought it should, but here's the thing. On South Bonham, this building has done well for us. It has provided to this point. It has truly been a place of connection. There has been a miracle on South Bonham Street once again. Yeah, some of you showed up a little bit late and said, "Uh uh-oh, I got nowhere to park. Look, that happens in the first and second services, by the way. Let's go two blocks away and park at the school. You want to know something about the school this morning? There's no room to park. It's just just growing. It's, It's a miracle on South Bonham. What will this be 10 years from now? What are we going to hand off to the next generation and the generations to come? Do we have a burden for them? Are we willing to provide a chair for them at the table? Some of you don't have seats and some of you are sitting on plastic chairs. And by the way, those plastic chairs, just a heads up, I measured them with a tape measure. They're 15 and a half inches back there in the coffee room. Mm Mm-hmm. You're living by faith this morning, some of you. (laughs) Not picking on any of you, just saying that's even small for me. (laughs) Jesus shares this parable to simply say, my house has room. And yet those who were invited, they don't even come. Now go invite the ones who thought they would never be found worthy. 
the lame, the crippled, those who are hurting, those who are living in despair, and I've got something for them. I've got a redemptive plan to bring them out of the depths and into life. Go and find those and bring them. Prepare a place for them. See, I wonder, did we invite anyone to this event this morning? Or do we feel like the table's full enough because I'm there? That's enough. It's for me. But see, what happens as we grow in our spirituality, here, here's the truth. Our story is no longer our story. It becomes interwoven with Jesus' story. And then Jesus is proclaimed throughout our lives. Alan said something that really pierced my heart. Several things this weekend, but one of them was he said, the window of grace is narrowing quickly in this thing we called life because there's only so much of it. Is it all for you? Or do you know what it means when Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Did you know Jesus' cross was you? Now, now, let me just say, it, it, you didn't put him on the cross. His love for you did. But he's given us an expression of how we ought to love our neighbor. It's an expression is, is what it is. And, and it's, it's, it's who he is and it's who we should be. Charles, would you give me your chair? It's stuck. They're hooked together. But you pull that one off the end. <laughs> it's stuck. They're hooked together. Yeah, there you go. All right. Thank you, Charles. Charles, don't sit down. We don't have room for you. Why don't you go on? Okay. Now, now, how does that make you feel? Right? Some of you are saying, why Charles? Why do you pick on Charles? Well, he's a different color than me. But he didn't choose his color, and neither did I. And what Jesus said is that every tongue, tribe, and nation, there is a place for them. And that's who we are, Harvest Connection Church. It's who we are. And we provide chairs. Someone went before you and said, I don't care what that chair cost me. I am going to pay for it and put someone in it. And they're going to learn their purpose. And they're going to know they're invited to the banquet. And they're going to know that there is an expression of love that they will not get anywhere else in this world. It can only be given through the master who invited you to the table. Now, Charles, thank you, but I love you, brother. You know that. No, we can leave it up here. It's good. <laughs> See, there's no greater power than connection. The ecclesia, the church, is one built upon another. It's a stack. It's community. It's, it's in there, right? That's what it is. Have you ever been invited to a party and, and you really felt like, I don't belong here? Huh? Come on, church. We still talk, right? I mean, sure, you've been invited. I mean, here's the thing. I'm hobnobbing with the big guns. Hey, some of you don't know this, but I'm on the CISD 10-year planning committee. And so, yeah, there's new high school going on, going up out here. I, I was in a meeting the other night for four hours, 
you know, and we're trying to plan, and we're trying to visualize, and we're saying there's too many people coming. We've got to provide spaces for people. Isn't it interesting that the Scholastic League can figure this out sometimes before the church can? It's tough, but it's out there. And, and, and here's the thing. I'm in there with people that I'm like, um, like the other day, this is cool. Dr. Flucci came up to me and said, Curtis, how are you doing? I said, look, he knows my name. You know what I'm saying? I don't belong there, but it's cool. And, and he's a great man. I love him. It doesn't have anything to do with him. It's just, you know, God gives us places at the table sometimes, right? But here's the cool thing. You've probably been there. I, I, you're probably hobnobbing with the big people. You're like, I don't know if I belong here. I don't have money. There's usually too much month at the end of the money. If you haven't, then I'll say this. You've never been a pastor. <laughs> a couple of years ago, Alice and I were invited to do a wedding in Tempe, Arizona at a high-class resort. And the room they got for us was a bungalow that probably cost close to my house payment for a night. <laughs> I mean, we show up, and we're at this place, and we're walking around. This, and I told Allison, man, the clothes I brought for the rehearsal, we got to go. And there's a mall right there in Tempe. You probably know if you've been there what I'm talking about, an expensive mall. We run into this mall. I mean, we're just running down. I got to hurry. We flew in Friday morning. We don't have time. We're running down. We run into this store. I don't even know what store it is. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, that shirt looks kind of like what these guys had on when we showed up at the deal. So, so let me get this shirt, and let me get some slacks here. Matter of fact, I bought these slacks. <laughs> no joke. And here's the deal. We go up there, it doesn't have a price tag on it. <laughs> and this is no joke. We get up there and they ring it up and it's 270 something dollars for a shirt. I looked at that lady like she was crazy. I said, it'll stay right here. Thank you very much. We're going to find a Walmart. <laughs> no doubt, some of us, right, some of us have been invited to places that we're going, oh my goodness, do I really belong here? And what Jesus says when we invite them to the church, yes, you do. Welcome home. The parable of the prodigal. I just think of that man when he, when he it says when he was still far off, he ran to his son. He noticed his son. He said, oh, oh, wait a second. He, he ran astray, but wait a minute. I recognize that outline of that man. I recognize the arch in his back. I recognize that his shoulders a little droop because he hurt it in football. I recognize that is my boy. That is my son, and he's coming home, and there is a place for him, not just a place, but an environment's going to be set. You, go and kill the fatted calf. You, you, go and find some sandals to put on his feet. You, go and grab my robe out of the closet. You, get that diamond, that, that big ring that, that, I, that, 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 is set, that, that is set there, set it, sat, sing, that is set there for so long, waiting on my boy to come home. You go get that. We're about to create an environment where he knows he is loved, where he knows he is welcomed, where he knows I have waited for you to show up. I had this chair empty and vacant, but it was there with your name on it. Man, come sit down. 
look. <laughs> Even at that deal, I remember telling Allison, uh, or Allison, she looked at me when we were in the uh, rehearsal, at the rehearsal, and she goes, I don't know if we belong here. And I was like, uh, these were my words, as a matter of fact. Uh, we don't belong here, but they don't know that. Let's wang chung it. <laughs> so we were dancing like it was 1999, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> they didn't know me. Here's the thing. This family was very nice. They gave us the invitation, by the way. They made room for a small church pastor and his wife. They treated us like royalty. This is what Jesus wants for his church. Look, look, if you love this church, why would you not want others to experience what you have? When Jesus states, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. He is stating people may be our cross as well. Some people are difficult to get along with. Some people are difficult to tolerate. But they need you in their life because you carry the light of Christ. To fill that chair next to you takes an invitation. How can we not want this for others? How can we leave an empty chair or worse yet not see the importance of connecting others to Jesus? Hello church, it's amazing to me how quickly nine years have flown by, but they've not flown by without their moments. I think back to the moment that Allison and I said yes to coming to Amarillo and helping plan a church, Harvest Christian Fellowship Amarillo. And through the years, the last nine years, we've seen many salvations, baptisms, church services. We've had several life-changing events. Harvest has provided a place for us to connect with God, to connect with ourselves, and definitely to connect with each other. My family and I are so thankful and so grateful that God has connected our family with yours. Yes, close to 10 years ago now, we were visiting Harvest in Lubbock where our son and, and daughter-in-law were attending. That day, Chris Craig was, was preaching there, and during his sermon, he said that they had hoped to start another campus in Amarillo. After the service was over, I told my son, I said, if you'll tell that guy, I'll help him. Anyway, we met for coffee, and uh, he told me what his vision was for starting a church in Amarillo. Eventually, I told him that uh, we could meet at our house, and so I guess within the next week or two, that's, that's what we did. So we were there in our house for about two months. Right after Curtis and Allison came, then we started meeting in a steakhouse for a while, probably there about a month before we were able to move over into the initial church building. And then we get this church. It's kind of like watching the next generation expand that vision that God gave us. It's just very rewarding to see what we couldn't do as the handful of people, what God has exponentially done through now the family of God and what he will continue to do, our God who does immeasurably more than we could even imagine. I think here at Harvest, we are a praying church. We are a Bible-believing church. We believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. And uh, it's not just teaching on Sunday. We're, uh, we're having opportunities to learn throughout the week in many different programs. You know, because it's not just a a preach and teach kind of church. I think that more than anything, what you know Curtis does so well is he wants to arm us 
with the tools that we need to be successful, but be successful in our own lives first with our relationship with God so that we can ultimately go and do His bidding and reach out to other people. Being from Georgia, I don't have a family here, no family whatsoever. So coming to a life group, feeling at home, feeling open, and they just helped me grow so much with my walk. I have a family now that shares life with me. They've cried with me in some of my darkest times. They've laughed with me. They've celebrated with me when we saw our miraculous God heal our grandson. They've been there to hold me accountable to a better way of life. We have come to a critical moment, a critical time in our church where we have the opportunity to expand our influence into this community and beyond. If you come in some Sundays, the place is packed. You know, first service, second service, they're both full. We have people that are parking in the street. They're parking a couple of blocks away at the school. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to make room for everybody. We went to it from a group of like 25 to 30 weekly to over 50. We had, had chairs and everything. When I went to youth camp, um, we took over 60 kids. We had to have a huge charter, bu- charter bus and an additional van. And we just had a lot more people come. And it's just growing every Sunday. There's so many more people. And being on the greeter team, we get to greet those guests and make sure they're welcome. And just seeing this family grow larger and larger and larger is just so exciting that we're getting to spread the news to so many people. It's still nowhere near where it's ultimately going to be. There, there's so much potential, so to say, that is still out there with the growth that, that we know we for sure have coming. After multiple remodels, we have simply outgrown our current facility and parking. While the miracle on South Bonham has connected all of us, We must acknowledge the lack of visibility and the lack of opportunity for growth. We want to provide more of an atmosphere for others to connect with God. Through the generosity of a local business, land has been gifted to us on Sundown Lane. This is the fastest growing area of Amarillo. How we steward this gift will determine our ability to make disciples and to impact generations to come. The land on Sundown Lane is situated between VFW Road and South Coulter Street. Here we will have room to grow and connect more people to the gospel. We'll have expanded ministry space, plenty of parking, and even more resources to lead our community into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's take a look inside at our exciting future with Harvest Connection. The front of the building will welcome you and guests alike and will feature a baptistry close to the front doors. Windows along the front will fill the welcome center with natural light. The lobby will be a warm and inviting entryway to a new ministry environment with an atmosphere that encourages connection. We will have plenty of room for our church family and weekly newcomers. This expansive space also gives easy access to the worship center, classrooms, and cafe. The cafe will be a wonderful place to create fellowship, meet for study and discipleship, or simply spend time with your friends. The Fireside Room is a gathering space for various small functions and will have movable walls to allow for multiple functions at the same time. The outdoor patio gives us the opportunity to extend our gatherings into the fresh air and for you to gather around the fireplace. Our children are the future of Harvest Connection and they will be given the firm foundation they need in the new children's wing. 
Designed with fun and functionality in mind, these new classrooms will help our children learn God's Word through worship, teaching, stories, and play. Today's youth thrive on connection with their peers and activity together. This dynamic space features a full stage for worship and youth ministry activities. The game area provides this group with a place to connect between services and will be a terrific outreach tool to other youth in our community. Our new worship center will connect us together in an atmosphere of praise. This beautiful space will feature a large seating area that will accommodate close to a thousand people once the final edition of the balcony is complete. The worship center's state-of-the-art stage with lighting and sound will also accommodate concerts and other events. This new church home will allow us to offer connection, not only in Amarillo, but to the world and future generations. God came to us in Christ to connect with us so that we too might go out and connect others to Him. We would like to encourage you to participate with us during this campaign and beyond and watch what God has in store for Harvest Connection Church. And so a lot of things are going to roll out in the next three or four weeks. And just so you know, um, pay attention to how, how you can pray. Prayer is so important. Listen, if you've never been involved in the redemptive hand of God in your life, and what I'm talking about, yeah, we can, we can be Christians, we can, we can have our comfortable lives and all these things, but I want you to know that God loves people to step out in faith. Faith is the currency that moves God. And so, so I'm not here to get your money. Matter of fact, I, I hate the fact that it costs so much to put someone in America in these chairs. But every soul's worth it. Jesus died for everyone. And so, uh, and lives, by the way, for everyone, for every one of us. So what does this look like? The first thing I would say is learn to fill a chair. That comes through invitation. Go and invite people to the banquet. Invite them here. It's fine that we're out of room. Invite them here. We'll make room. We'll find chairs. We'll, we'll, even if they're 15 and a half inches wide, <laughs> invite them, right? There's a day coming when we will all stand before Jesus. His concern isn't going to be about the building, how much money we made, how great of a person we are. It's simply going to be this. Did your story become my story during your life? In other words, did you invite those in the highways, the byways, the alleyways, the bodies and the nobodies? Our history is lined up in the hallway, and maybe some of you saw it as you walked through, right? And you will notice the chairs out here in the narthex. It's, it's interesting to me how God has always used a chair as an example through us to provide more. Why would Jesus say, go get the crippled, the lame, the destitute, and the lost? Because he has a better way for them. Aren't you glad someone provided a chair for you this morning? The other thing I would say, and it's the, the last and final point. Y'all thought y'all were going to have to go find some more coffee. You're still not going to beat the Baptist. (laughs) I would say this. My final point this morning is this. Get connected, stay connected, and provide connection. No doubt, connect with Jesus. And as you do this, he connects us to others and a table and an environment is set for others. You know, a few weeks ago, I taught on the book of Ruth and I I talked about Naomi. and, and, And go back and review that story. It's a great, great story. There's so much that, that comes scripturally true in our own lives. We can connect to that story. 
And I don't have time to explain all of it this morning, but basically it's a story of daughter-in-law who's faithful, who is very faithful to her mother-in-law. Naomi, the mother-in-law, has lost her husband. She's lost both of her sons to death. And they were married to Moabite women, Orpah. And Orpah, she makes the decision to go back to the Moabites after her husband dies. But Ruth, Ruth, the other daughter-in-law, she says this. She says, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people and my God will be your God. Look, it doesn't mean that Orpah was a bad person. It just meant her part of the story was over. Some will leave. Some of you will go. This won't be your place of connection. I say this all the time. We may not be for everybody, but we are for somebody. And we want to be for everybody, but we're not going to compromise the written scriptures in order to do that. So, so here's the thing. We're going to provide, and, 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 and I, love, I love this about the book of Ruth. I love the fact that you see her commitment right to this person. That some will leave, some will go. This won't be their place of connection. It's not that I'm hateful, it's just that I'm truthful and faithful. Ruth, as the Lord liveth, I will not leave thee. There are times you meet someone when you connect with them spiritually, not fleshly. Sometimes you can meet someone and sense that your destiny is tied to that person. Some of you are sitting next to them this morning. They're known as your spouse. And some of you out there this morning are going, my entire destiny? It's more of a question than a statement. Look, the world doesn't have an answer for it, but the Lord does. It is a spiritual connection. Your destiny is tied to a ministry, a vision, a life. People talking about spending money on someone is nothing. Spending a life with someone is something. You will not be able to write your story and leave me out. And I will not be able to write my story and leave you out because we're connected. The power of being joined together. How can we explain how Elisha left his father and mother to follow Elijah? Somehow he felt his destiny was tied to him. Timothy leaving everyone and everything he knew to follow a man who would lead him ultimately to his death. He knew to complete his destiny, this old man in the jail cell had something for his destiny. Oh, I'd say it this way. Whose destiny are you connected with? What vision is in front of you? How do you fill the seats? The scripture is clear. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Another version, the people cast off restraint. What are we going to leave to the next generation? What is South Bonham going to look like 5, 10, 15, 30 years from now? Is there going to be a place for them to be connected to a life-giving, Christ-manifested, spirit-filled Bible teaching church? Listen, church, we've got to have the next generation on our mind. One thing we do here is we equip. We see this as an equipping center. There's a pastor's class that's taking place right now. You guys have read more books, I bet, than than 90% of the pastors downtown preaching, turning papers in to be graded by me, of all people. There's there's an elder team being trained. They've met with me for a year and a half. They're known as the transition team. And November 17th, they are going to be ordained as elders in this church. There's, There's an intern 
group that works here throughout the scenes that meet with me every Tuesday morning, and if you saw the size of their book, it would scare you. And they turn papers in. You know why? Jesus didn't say, go get them all saved. He said, go and buy them all. Jesus said, go and make disciples. This church is one of the most equipping churches. I have pastors that ask me to send my syllabuses to them because we are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to fill the chairs in both this generation and the generation to come. Let me ask you, are you helping create the environment for people to experience God? Are you willing to provide a chair? I'm not after your money. How about this question? Are you willing to fill the chair? It's going to take a miracle to pull this off. The amount you heard this morning may be a tenth. I don't know the total cost. I know the, the roundabout figures. I've heard from two or three different builders and different ones. I'm not even, you may ask, when are you breaking ground? Go read the questions. Get on the website. There's a lot. I do know this. The first fruits have been given. And God will redeem the rest. And it's the same in our finances. When we give our first fruits, God redeems the rest. It takes commitment. It takes sacrifice. It takes a heart that is no longer stone, but a heart of compassion. Now is the time we provide for the greater community. Community, the table is set. The environment's right and it's ripe. I want you to pray. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's see the supernatural meet the natural. If you're touched this morning, maybe you feel disconnected and it's time to reconnect. Come forward for prayer in a bit. Great movements of God start in prayer. For 20 days, people have been praying for 24 hours for this day. And today, the invitation comes to you. Will you pray as well? It's powerful because that's where great movements start. This connection, connecting upward. At this time, I'm going to ask the ask team to hand out. You get one per family because we have to watch finances. The ask team, you'll see them going around. Put these, these uh, people, people's faces in your mind. If you don't know them, it's okay. I don't either. But if you'll, <laughs> if you'll just kind of look at them and uh, just know that this is the ask team. They're here so you can ask them questions. Bobby uh, only said one thing wrong. I know I corrected him on another one, but he was right on that one. The only thing, Bobby, is you said, hey, direct your questions to Curtis. Please don't. We have an ask team for that. You are welcome to ask me questions. Yes, of course, and Bobby as well. But we have 16 people on the ask team, and we've researched questions that could possibly come. So as these, as these are handed out, these gatefolds, make sure you don't leave here without one. If you cannot give financially, please give spiritually. Please learn what it means to connect.